Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Well, it shouldn't be amazing, but I must live in a very honest neighborhood because uh, sometimes they'll leave things, you know, at some distance from the house, you know, the gate at the end of the driveway. And I've had them left almost in the uh, street. And I've got people in the neighborhood. It's an old the housing in the neighborhood and some of the houses are right on the sidewalk almost and i've seen big boxes sit there with neighbors across the street uh you know for long periods of time and anybody walking by could have grabbed one but nobody did so uh I, I don't, i'm not concerned about that right uh I, I guess there is concern you hear little inklings of people who seem to feel that uh, if you're buying from amazon or some of these places that you're supporting the chinese Right. Well, I do get I do get that way sometimes because, I mean, I bought a lot more online this year than I ever have. And then I get the you know, it, it doesn't say specifically when you buy the product where it's coming from. And then all of a sudden, here's the big surprise. You open it up and it says made in China or, you know, some country that's in major competition with our country. So, yeah, for me, it's a little bit disappointing when I when it's discovered like that. Yeah. You know, this this would lead to to me. What is the. I hate to use the term scariest because that's been overburdened, but it's true. Uh, story of the week nationally has to do with China, and that is the Chinese, uh, what, prominent Chinese insider who was speaking to this group in China, of course, and he was sort of laughing about it, that he said the reason that China is going to dominate America and the reason they're doing it right now and there's not going to be any change in this uh, their their domination of it. Because he said, and you might remember the quote better than I, in effect, he's saying that they have a lot of America's power structure, the real movers and groovers, corporate, political and all, in their pockets. Right. How was it he put, do, do you recall how exactly he uh, put that? No, nah, it's not coming to me right now. No. Well, okay. But, but anyway, that, that's what it amounted to. He didn't say in the pocket, but uh, in effect, under their influence. And you couple that with this... Uh, anal sphincter of a congressman from California who uh, was sleeping with a Chinese spy. And that became a story that 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 got so big that even the 93 percent of the media who <laughs> does not inform us about negatives involving liberals. Uh, I think they have to notice that a little bit now, because uh, that's yeah. something this, this guy is on the Intelligence Committee which obviously means that they get briefed by the intelligence service on everything that's going on. And uh, here he is uh, in bed with a Chinese spy. Literally in bed. Yeah. Of course, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the Congress, uh, the Pelosi gaggle there, uh, cavil, uh, don't see anything wrong with that, really. And they, they have defended him when normally, if, if, this, if this had been a Republican congressman, he would have been out of there and back home. Right. written on a rail with feathers all over him. But that's the way the things work. I had uh, uh, a little teaser thing we ran this morning. I want to get into that a second. Sure. And this is something to think about. Uh, if the tsunami of political and social and moral chaos that it seems to be abroad in the land right now, if it has you suffering from uh, what confusion, as we talked about last week, anxiety, stress, uh, even agita, uh, rejoice, brethren and sistren, because behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, or maybe at least a little glimmer of hope. Now, here's why I say that. 
I think uh, at least 75 million Americans who voted for the Republican presidential candidate are feeling a certain amount of stress and anger, really, about what's going on and the fact that it's all being covered up and you're being denied information by the big tech and the big corps. Uh, and think of this. Uh, people are very apprehensive about what's going to happen once these, these people get into power. I think the change is not going to be as quick as you might think. We're not going to overnight to 1984. I think what they're shooting for ultimately is a Chinese Communist Party type one party in this country, which would be the Democratic Party. And uh, but they're going to have to do it kind of incrementally. Now, here's something to consider. Back in 2008, when uh, Barack, uh, Barack Obama was elected president, he arrived and came to Washington or he rode into Dodge, if you want with a wagon load of avowed radicals, uh, some avowed communists. They were followers of a man named Saul Alinsky in Chicago who had written a handbook on how to overthrow America by radical activities from within. And they were going to do that. And there's some of the proposals that they had in the very beginning, like, uh, for example, they have a, a Federal Communications Commission that would take away the broadcast license from any local broadcaster who was presenting any material that was offensive to any minority group, and the minority group would immediately get the license. Well, that, you know, well, but what happened was, in spite of their plans, they saw and perceived a great backlash and backed off. The upshot of it was the Obama administration, all things considered, at least evaluated against the original intent, was a very moderate administration. And Obama went from going to Washington to change everything, to radicalize the government. It ended up with him being called eight years later after the presidency, him being called by one black leader, Wall Street's black mascot. Mm. So at some point or other, the people who are really running things put a bug in the ear, which would be big tech, big corp, big finance, big money. And so you wonder how far these people can possibly go and they're going to see a big backlash because you don't uh tell 75 million people to go pound you know whatever yeah because we're going to go down this track so there's going to be a restraint now here is another here's the second part of this and that is the framers of the constitution came up with something i think was kind of brilliant and that members of the Senate can serve for six years, but members of the House of Representatives only two years. Every two years, every member of the Congress, the House of Representatives has to stand for re-election. Now, in two years from now, two years from the November just passed, there will be an election. And if they go too far left with this, within that first two years, you're going to end up with a huge majority for the Republicans, the other party, because all of these Congress, see, this is a career for them. This is not calling. This is a career. They're not going to do anything to jeopardize their career. Now, if the folks back home, when they have to go back home and stand for reelection, are fed up with the leftward tilt, they are going to have to do one of two things. They will have to go ahead and, and support the leftward tilt and lose their job in the vote. Or they have to turn around and get some backbone and start standing up against it. So I think these two facts are 
somewhat encouraging that this may not go all downhill uh, as fast as we think. Right. You said to me earlier that, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of term limits, just like you were just yeah. saying. And you're saying, like, it's probably not going to happen anytime no. soon. But, I mean, I just, I, I, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm just an optimist. I'm like, why wouldn't people, I mean, by and large, just the population, forget about all the swamp creatures and all the people that are, you know, indebted to that. Why wouldn't everybody be in favor of? Because uh, everybody can be in favor of it, but everybody doesn't make the law. Only the people who stand a possibility of losing their career make the laws. If they took a vote of the public, possibly, yeah, people would say, okay, time, uh, term limits are good. The term limits would have the law, the legislation would have to be passed by the same people who are profiting from the system the way it is. And in America, profit is everything. These are career people. As I said, they're not people with some kind of a holy or ideological calling right. who go serve a short term and then go back home as they thought in the beginning would happen. Yeah. This is a career thing. This is why it's so corrupt. This is why we have a corrupt Congress. And they're open to the influence by anybody who would uh, improve their chances of maintaining that career and enhancing it financially with financial opportunities, which they all present for themselves. So that is the problem. This is kind of like, I guess, uh, trying to convince the fox to be kind to the chickens, you know, in the hen house. Uh, and, and for the good of the chickens, <laughs> stay out of the hen house. They're not going to stay out of the hen house. There's too much profit there. Look at how rich these people get. What is the story you had this week, this uh, young uh, uh, Muslim congresswoman? Right. I believe it's Michigan. Right. Who, come to find out, now the story is that she is just a junior member of Congress. And she had diverted millions of dollars to, I think it was her, her husband, uh, in this handout for the coronavirus, uh, uh, virus, what do they call it? The, uh, oh, what was the program? When they, when they gave the, the, uh, the help for small businesses and the like, there was a name for all program. But anyway, there, she, she got a pile of money out of that. I'm sure others did the same thing directed the money to themselves or their relatives or their, or their homies or their political supporters. So it's a very corrupt system. And there we go. My idea would be to eliminate Congress entirely because we essentially don't need them. They don't do anything but bicker with one another and, and present themselves with financial opportunity. And we don't need it particularly. But there again, this is the system that we have. Uh, so term limits, the term limits are out. Uh, and if it's constitutional, I would not trust them by opening the door to the Constitution to get a toe inside the door. That happened in New Jersey during the Corzine administration. I don't know if you remember that. They were going to have a constitutional convention in New Jersey to deal with school funding. Right. This would go back to the Corzine years. Mm -hmm. And so the, the legislature in New Jersey had gone ahead and set up their legislation authorizing the, the, uh, the Constitutional Convention. Then word started getting around that, okay, in New Jersey, there's no way to restrict a constitutional convention to one issue. Once they open it up, it's wide open for everything. And so there would be monstrous tampering with the Constitution in that. Right. And so the whole idea kind of fizzled out because essentially 
almost left or right wing. Nobody really wanted that. Right. Because God knows what would what, what damage would be done to the New Jersey Constitution, which is a copy of the National Constitution. So anyway, back to the original thought. I don't think on the inauguration day, if the uh, Democratic candidates are inaugurated and become the president and the vice president, I don't think that this is going to be an overnight thing. You're not going to wake up uh, the next day with uh, the, the, the usual harsh restrictions and repressions that always go with the socialistic type government. Right. Because people generally are not ready for that. No. And so it has to be imposed with an, with an iron heel. So that is one thing. Uh, the other, now, the next thing is, as I said, is two years away, the congressional election. Now, here's the thing you gotta watch. You have to, you have to watch because what if the Harris administration, which it might well be by that time, decide that they are going to suspend the midterm elections. And this is where you have to hope that the Supreme Court members have some backbone, because that would be the only thing. The only the only friend you have right now in Washington is the Supreme Court. I mean, or the Constitution. I'm sorry, the Constitution. And that all depends on the political leanings of the judges, the members of the court. So you if you have if you want to pray for government, pray for the Supreme Court. They've got this thing coming now. The uh, what the Texas uh, attorney general and 17 other attorneys general are going to the Supreme Court to have a hearing over voting irregularities in yes. four states. Right. Now, according to the law, the Constitution, again, any argument between states can go directly to the U.S. Supreme Court. They don't have to start at the bottom rung and work their way up over years like everything else does. The Supreme Court directly hears any con uh, contention between states. They have not agreed to take the case, but the fact is that they might have to, which is going to be a real hot potato, whether in those four states, was Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, and Michigan, there was one other, uh, whether there were irregularities in that sufficient to overturn it. So anyway, I, I, I'll rest my case right now on that. But these are two things, maybe, as I said, uh, a little bit of hope. It, it, uh, it may not come, we may not hit the iceberg as quickly. They may be able to slow down the Titanic. I know we uh, spoke earlier in the week about our frustrations over the political shenanigans with the delay of the uh, stimulus bill to help uh, so many Americans that are in need because of the COVID uh, restrictions and the devastations to their jobs and their businesses, and that the Congress was, uh, you know, messing around and they didn't pass the stimulus bill back in uh, October. Uh, Speaker Pelosi said just the other day, admitted that no, we didn't, we didn't care for the uh, previous president, but now that we have a new president, you know, everything is going to be all right, so we're going to move forward with it. So uh, I know you share a lot of uh, people's frustrations over that, that uh, your lives are just a political football. Well, sure, sure. Well, kind of, I kind of think of myself and, and all of us really as the ball in a pinball machine. <laughs> yeah. It was, you pull back the spring thing and let it go, and heaven knows where it's going to go. And, 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 of course, if you're the ball and suddenly you're seized with consciousness, you have no idea what's going on. Except <laughs> you're getting pretty smartly battered around. And, you know, because of all of that possibility of politics playing into so many things, I think this is a real problem with uh, people's response to the new vaccines that are out now. 
and that are starting to be rolled out or possibility of it being right. rolled out. People, um, there's a poll out that says that a majority of people want to wait it out. They're not, uh, they don't want to be first online to get the uh, vaccine. Um, there's also bills out there to require kids to get the vaccine before they're admitted back to public schools. And one law from a Monmouth County lawmaker is against the vaccines uh, being forced on the kids. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of differing opinions out there. And I just don't know what to, what to think. What's your opinion? Are, are you going to get the vaccine as soon as it's available? I do not know. I, again, it's, I'll have to face that, you know, stream when time comes to, to cross it. I know that I had not planned to get a flu shot this year, which I normally do, because if you're under these restrictions and you're not going anywhere, you're very unlikely to get it anyway from anybody if you're not in contact with them. Now, I am not, I don't get up every day and go into a workplace. I go occasionally to a market. And that's about it right now. So it doesn't seem to be absolutely necessary. I, see, I have reservations about it. Remember thalidomide? Uh, y yes. That would be in the 50s. And this was supposed to ease the childbearing process for women. Yes. And it was considered to be a great, a wonder drug, and everybody should get it. Well, it turned out, in the end, after millions of people, poor women, got it, they ended up having terrible monster fetuses and, and uh, what uh, right. disabilities, I mean, really serious bad ones in the children who were born while their mothers were taking that drug. Uh, so it obviously was taken off the market, but it was too late by then. It was a terrible thing. You might look that up if you, anybody's interested in following it. Thalidomide, it was called. And this was in the 50s. So sometimes these drugs, the, uh, the, the, what the cure is worse than the disease, but you don't know. They say, oh, well, this has been well tested. Now, on the positive side, I was talking about this with a doctor who you know, my uh, Dr. Wong, the uh, eminent uh, ophthalmologist whom I respect tremendously, the Princeton Eye Group, he says, uh, and he, he is a scientist, and he says that no, then this time that the, what he called the platform of the drug, which I guess is the fundamental theory and process behind it, is very sound, and that's not likely to happen. So I'm torn between the two now, is being very suspect of a drug that is unproven really over the long term obviously. Right. Uh, so it had no ill effect on the people who took it in the test. But the test, how long did the test last? A couple of months. Yeah. Uh, who, know, who knows what it's about a year or so down the line. And the assurance from a person I trust, a medical person I trust, who says, no, there's no problem with it. So I don't know. I, I, I Again, I'm uh, sort of deferring. I'm procrastinating on that one. How right. about you? Um, well, with my... Um with my uh, my my kidney transplant, I'm certainly uh, you know I've got uh, some issues with immune deficiencies and you know compromise. So I'm going to basically just wait and see what the the doctors at the hospital suggest. If they say get it right away, I will. But you know if I have to make my own decision, I will get it because of my situation. But I'm probably going to wait a little while. I'm not going to be first online. I'll get it eventually, maybe two or three yeah. months. But I'm basically going to follow what my physician does. Yeah, um, I, remember, I remember when we all got the soft vaccine shot back in the, in the early 50s and uh, lining up outside the local firehouse for yeah. it. Everybody was good. And it worked. I mean, it pretty much wiped out polio. And hopefully this might do the same thing. Unfortunately, the reason they call this COVID-19, it is the 19th COVID virus. 
which included SARS back earlier, which was devastating. This doesn't mean there's not going to be another one coming out. Maybe they're working in a Chinese laboratory right now <laughs> coming up with COVID-20. Right. So are you surprised that, are you surprised that a vaccine has been developed in such a short amount of time and basically less than a year? I mean, there's some points of view that figure, oh, maybe they had it before um, hand and they were just waiting to roll it out, which is, you well, know, uh, that, that's carrying the conspiracy thing a little far. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I don't know the inner workings of the pharmaceutical industry, except it is driven not by uh, philanthropic incentives but by money by profit and so you can look back I'll follow the money and i don't know where it goes they're not going to do this out of kindness and the the milk of human kindness and warmness of heart they're going to make some money on it somehow or other so i i don't know about that i uh you know I, getting back to uh and I, I keep sitting here just thinking about this the ramifications of the business of the Chinese agents and their tremendous influence over this government. I don't think China is going to start a war and march in all of these troops and take over. They don't have to. I think they simply want power, which is essentially an economic power, which is what actually is going to run. And they certainly have on their side, big tech, big corp. The big tech, these uh, platforms, the uh, what social media and all, you could make an argument that they are the ones who had tipped the election because they had purposely withheld information that was not in line with the progressive propaganda. Uh, and so people were, were just not informed. But, but again, with this congressman who uh, cavorted with the Chinese spy, and you wonder how far that went. Was Monica Lewinsky a Chinese spy? No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's, is, a, that's a very good question. Is Nancy Pelosi Fu Manchu in drag? Think about it. Uh, it could very well be. Remember Dr. Fu Manchu, the, the arch Chinese criminal? Yeah. yeah, could be. Or Schumer? Well, you know, I don't think he, I don't think they bother with him. Yeah, I don't think anybody except him. But, you know, you, you talk about the influence that some of these uh people have that that congressman he was on the uh, intelligence committee he was uh, a major player in the um, in the impeachment sure. hearings and things and to be involved in a foreign country it's just frightening and, and he's he's a pro he's a protege of the new vice president perhaps mrs harris apparently right. he's the protege of her, at least so i have read and uh Took a, took a very big role. He was certainly one of the more effective foot soldiers in the war against Trump. He's also a pathological liar, as is this Adam Schiff, the other California congressman. You got six pe sick people there. Uh, remember the uh, uh, Lord Acton's dictum? Everybody knows that power corrupts. Yeah, right. Uh -huh. Power corrupts, uh, corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. But you don't hear the rest of that sentence. He said power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. And most of the powerful people are bad men. Sure. Uh, but I, I don't know that they are bad in the sense of, uh, you know, bank robbers or, uh, you know, the uh, what have you. But there's something wrong with their psychology. They are, they are what pathological 
they're either psychopaths or near psychopaths or sociopaths. Right. The people, the big, the big time people. Right. So and, we're we got we got a whole world being run by sick people. Yeah. And, and as Eric Fromm said, uh, the root, the lust for power, the lust for power is not rooted in strength, but rather in weakness. Uh-huh. And he saw that the Hitlerian and, and Mussolini and, and other uh, syndrome there. And it even goes for those people who are heading uh, certainly more gentle societies than, than those two ran. Right. And so, uh, you know, to, your, to your point, we're also discussing before we went on here this morning of the, uh, the video that's circulating about the uh, Chinese professor who made a presentation in his country, uh, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the translation is that basically uh, things are going to look better for China now that the election here is over because they have uh, they have good friends in the core, the highest core of the American government. Oh, really? Things are going to be looking better. It's going to be looking like it was between 2000 and 2016 again, all over again in China. So they have the, the power structure. Yes. Uh, uh, under their control or under their influence, and, and this is this is true. What? Why? I I had asked myself. Maybe other people have too. Why would the leading capitalists in the world support as they did socialism or communism in in this country? Makes right. no sense. Yeah. It makes no sense. Except this way, they will continue. To be able to see Trump was pulling back from the uh, the fact that, as you had brought up earlier, Chinese making everything that we buy, the, the imbalance in trade and the like. He was trying to get that under control. It is said that the Chinese are kind of afraid of Trump, which is one reason they worked and probably put a lot of money into this last election, too. And so the the big corporations now, they do not want to face the possibility that they'll have to bring their, their industries home, which would cost them more money, cut into profits if they had to pay American workers. So they're going to do whatever they have to to keep relying on this very cheap Asian labor, which might be denied them under a continuation of a Trump administration. Uh, so they have that. And also, I suppose these are, are again, <laughs> people suffering from a certain degree of pathology who are heading these large organizations. And they want to be part of the gang, the elite. And socialistic governments are always run by a small elite. Right. It's olig- it'll be an oligarchy. It always is. And you want to be part of that if you want to keep on because they are addicted to profit. So uh, it's uh, interesting to see where this goes. Right. Unfortunately, as we've talked about many times before, the average American does not hear of any of this. No. Because he's watching in all innocence, uh, working six jobs or whatever it takes to survive, right. or sitting around wondering where the next meal is coming from because of the restrictions now. Yeah, most and, of the media is like, uh, like five weeks behind uh, reporting that Hunter Biden has tax issues and he's being investigated. Um, that came out back in October, obviously, for those of us that did not know that. And uh, finally, the mainstream media is reporting that. Uh, uh, reluctantly, the last couple of days. At least we're getting a little bit out there, but well, too late. Don't, don't get your hopes up too high on that because he's being prosecuted in Delaware by the Delaware prosecutors. Right now, where is his father? Uh, 
elected from? What is his father's base constituency? And so they are very well connected there with yeah. the people who are going to be doing the prosecuting. So I, I, I would not be surprised to see that one uh, not come out the way that uh, some of us might feel it should. So, and, and the last thing I have for us today, Jim, I'm so glad that social media is out to protect us. Um, we discussed earlier in the week that uh, these uh, kids from New York, they stole their parents' car and they oh. to Florida uh, on what is reported to be a social media challenge of getting a car and driving it until it runs out of gas. Apparently, that was a social media challenge. Now, here you go, a 12-year-old who looks like he's about 16 and looks like he's ready to shave, you know, behind the wheel of a car, driving down the New Jersey Turnpike. They get pulled over around the Delaware Memorial Bridge uh, with his seven-year-old sister in there, and they say, oh, it's a social media challenge. I'm so glad that social media is out there to, you know, to censor dangerous things to the public like a like a media challenge where kids underage drivers would be able to take a car and then not encouraging that sort of reckless behavior i'm so glad they're out there you know shutting that down and cutting that off from society well you know the kid may not have been more dangerous than at least 10 percent of the drivers on the road the state policemen have told me at least 10 percent of the people are drunk at any one time on the road and the kid was sober you gotta hand him that yeah he's to reach the pedals Kids can get a driver's license, limited driver's license in some agricultural states to drive farm equipment and, you know, the, the, the truck to the market and the stuff. So I, I'm not that surprised by that. And, and the, side, the kid had good taste in cars, too. We oh, had a Range Rover. Range Rover, absolutely. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, there you go. <laughs> so that's all I got, Jim. Uh, anything else for you this week? No. No. Uh, Again, you know, the only thing I, I mentioned this to you before because I found it curious this uh, ancestry search oh, that yeah, you, right. had, you, you got because it. of identity politics. I figured, okay, I'm going to have to associate myself with some group. And so, my ethnic group, of course, you, you always vote the way your ethnic group does your ancestry. So I thought, okay, if I got to do that, if that's the wave of the future, what the hell? And so I went and I got it. Now, here is my ancestry. I'm not kidding here. This is actually reading from the report of my genes. And here they are in order. German, French, English, Iberian, which I take to be either Portuguese, Spanish, or very Southern French, Polish, Norwegian, Irish, and Greek. Now, now if any group out there of German, French, English, Iberian, Poland, Norway, Ireland, and Greece let me know because I'd like to join you and I might even start some kind of a minority group, a fair play for the people of German, French, English, Iberian, etc. ancestry. You've got enough uh, ethnicity. Have rights. You've got enough ethnicity for each day of the week. You can be German on Monday, French on Tuesday, and so on. <laughs> That's right. I come out in lederhosen, you know, one day. <laughs> and uh, baggy flannels for the English. And, oh yeah, that's an excellent idea. I may do that. So uh, remember the old, remember the, uh, the the Gerhard family motto, the crest. Anyway, I don't know which one of these it came from, but in Latin, uh, the great crest over the great archway, uh, the, the vaulted entrance to stately Gerhard Manor, semper vincemos nos frademos, which means we always win, we cheat. <laughs> so. 
there again, I, I rest my case on that. Hey, thank you, everybody. Uh, great to get to, to talk with you, and I, I really appreciate your attention. Thank you very much, and God bless you. And keep you calm down, try to stay cool, and uh, we'll see what goes on by next week. We'll be here next Thursday, every Thursday here on Facebook Live, 1030 Thursdays, right here on New Jersey 101.5 Say So page. You can get it on demand anytime you want on any of our applications and any of our platforms, nj1015.com and on the app. Until next Thursday, enjoy your week. Thanks for being with us.